0: Good morning. How's everybody doing? How's your week been? Good weeks, bad weeks, weeks in between. Um, But you are here in Crown Plaza, but we call it the house of the Lord on Sundays. And so, why don't you give yourself a round of applause just for being here? Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. And then let's give God some glory. He's good. He's worthy. Amen. Uh, I heard some great things. We had a great time at our meetup last week at Marvin and Priscilla's place. And then afterwards, we had to take our children trick-or-treating. And I saw photos from other meetups. Uh, I am just so blessed whenever we can come together, especially, I don't know about you, but I've been missing our regular routine of connects. It's been a few years since we've gathered in homes together. We used to gather 12, 13, 14 homes and 10 to 20 people in each home and just go through the word and spend time. And I miss that and yeah. praying and, and wanting to use wisdom when we can return to that. But those meetups have been just so beautiful. Shout out to the young adults, man. I saw you guys looking good last week and uh, Pastor Danny's group and just all these different groups. And so just keep an eye out. We, we want to continue to plan these. And, and really, it's a blessing to me. If it doesn't bless you, it blesses me. So, you know, um, I enjoy them. But nonetheless, Um, I am just so grateful for that. Uh, Pastor Roger did an amazing job last Sunday. I was blessed. I got a chance to speak literally five minutes away at another church. Um, same, same style as us, they, tear, they set up, they tear down, just a beautiful community, uh, Living Stones Church, Pastor Brian Hui, and it was just an amazing time, so um, I got a chance to kind of be with another body and worship, I missed you guys, I actually kind of came here last week, caught the end of the 11 o'clock service, but um, I had a good time, but I am ready to continue in this series today that we've entitled The Beautiful Community, oh. And I've actually been really blessed. I've seen some people kind of hashtag or put up photos of people getting together, having a good time. I saw Pastor Jeff and Jeremy and a couple of guys kind of meet together, and they actually were weight training the other day uh, and just kind of tagging everything together. And so I just want to continually to remind you that as we continue through this series, we want to encourage you, don't do anything alone. So if you're a reader, would you read with a few people? If you are a podcast, would you invite somebody to go into a podcast with you and listen and dialogue? Would you call somebody this week? Would you pray with somebody? Would you fast with somebody? Would you do a devotional with somebody? It's still not too late. If you've been hearing me say this every week and you haven't yet, like it's human tendency just to kind of feel guilty and feel shame and walk out here and say, I guess I missed it. You haven't. And so just, you know, even if it's just a word of encouragement this week, I just really want to challenge that we would be the beautiful community together. Amen. When it comes to weightlifting, any weightlifters in here? <laughs> yeah, we got a few in here. Amen to that. I see Mark in the back; like he's like he was raising his hand, and then he was just kind of <laughs> Mark back there producing today. Uh, you know, when it comes to weightlifting or bodybuilding, um, I am no expert. Okay, I, I know it might look like I know that really well. <laughs> just kidding, uh, but I am no expert. In fact, I actually was just reading uh, just a real basic article. I didn't even know there was a difference between weightlifting, bodybuilding, and powerlifting. So apparently those are all three different spaces and they all each have their own like competitive sport. Um, And and so, you know, the weightlifting, uh, whether it was weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding, there are kind of three different styles of strength training is essentially kind of what I got out of the article Um, That I was reading, but I guess I want to say this, despite their unique differences, all three incorporate the activity of lifting weights in order to build up the body. Like, despite their unique qualities and different competitions, they all involve some kind of lifting of a weight in order to build up the body. And in a sense, I think that this is a perfect illustration for the church of Jesus Christ. You see, much like a gym, inspired Church uh, should be a community of weightlifters and body builders. Loving one another, encouraging one another, serving one another, stirring one another up in love, and bearing one another's burdens. Wow. Good. Martin Luther said this, are you ready? Christians must have strong shoulders and mighty bones that they may bear the weakest of their brothers. And this is my prayer for Inspire Church this morning as we grow to become the beautiful community bonded by the blood of Jesus, that we would be a community of weight and burden bearers so that the body can be built up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need you. I need you. Everyone in this room needs a word from you today, so I pray that the message would hit each heart and mind uniquely, and that your spirit would translate and do what I can't do, that I would do what I can do in proclaiming your word, and that your spirit would make the seeds grow and blossom, and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am entitling my message today weightlifters, weightlifters, and the scripture that we are coming from in today's text is Galatians chapter six, verses one and two. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to go there. It's a couple of verses. Uh, Maybe we can kind of even string the lights up just a little bit just so we can see. But let's go to Galatians chapter six. Verse one and two, I know I get, in, I get in such a habit of just kind of reading it quickly because it's here on the screens. And, uh, but nonetheless, I wanna encourage you, um, if you have Bibles, to bring Bibles and to, just to be able to follow along and to read the text is just a way to be able to internalize it better uh, for all of us as we're a community that wants to learn and grow and internalize these things and not necessarily just sit and hear. And, and so Galatians chapter six It's only going to be two verses, uh, verse one and two, but I definitely want to read this with you today. And so Galatians chapter six, verse one and two, when I hear the pages turning, and I'll give you a moment, I'm entitling the message today, Weight Lifters, and the scripture reads like this, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's say that last part again. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Today's... Simple text, two verses that I am cherry picking out of Galatians 6, provides us with a burden, a call, and a warning. I'm going to say that again. Two verses. It provides us with a burden, a call, and a warning. And you see, today's text has a primary purpose. These two verses extracted from Galatians 6, there is a primary purpose, and I wonder if you saw it, but the primary purpose was to encourage the church. Are you ready to fulfill the law of Christ? Paul tells the church, fulfill the law of Christ, and the question is, well, how? And he tells us, by bearing one another's burdens. And to be honest, this feels like an impossible ask, because in this room and online right now, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of invisible burdens sitting in this room. That's right, That's right. yes. There are physical burdens of sickness and disease. Some of you in this room have been carrying aches in your bodies for years. There are mental burdens like depression in this room, anxiety in this room, suicidal ideations in this room. There are emotional burdens, relational burdens, financial burdens. There are marriages on the brink of divorce. Couples dealing with the disappointment of infertility. Parents worried about wayward children. Children mourning the loss of their mother or father. And individuals in this room today navigating through the ongoing trauma of sexual abuse. Yet here in this text. Despite impossible and overwhelming odds, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, envisions a beautiful community full of weightlifters and burden bearers in the name of Jesus. This text provides us with a burden. But did you see the burden? He was very specific about the burden. I don't know if you caught that. I don't know if you pay close attention to that, but, but, but Paul tells us, I'm especially concerned with the burden of sin. There are thousands of burdens in this room, and we are called to bear those together. But Paul in this text says, I actually have a particular burden I'm especially concerned with, and that is the burden of sin. Now, can I ask why (laughs) out of all of the possible weights, (laughs) right? This is a weighty room. (laughs) This room is packed. It may not be, the chairs may not be packed full of people, but this room is packed wall to wall with burdens. Why is Paul zeroing in on the burden of sin? Because of all the burdens that have the power to overwhelm us, only the burden of sin has the power to crush your soul. Of all the burdens that you have that are overwhelming you, and they are many and I don't trivialize them whatsoever, the most pressing and crushing burden is the burden of sin. So Paul deals with the heaviness of guilt and the weightiness of shame that comes upon us. Are you ready? As a byproduct. Of being caught in transgression. That was the phrase Paul used. Brothers and sisters, those of you who are spiritual, right? Restore those who are what? Who have been caught Mm -hmm. in transgression. Now, I'm going to look at that word caught. Caught in transgression. The the word caught can refer to someone who's been exposed. Mm. Someone who has been hiding their sin in the dark. But by God's grace, that sin has come to light. And can I just say this? This is a hard lesson to learn. But in the church, disclosure is always better than exposure. Disclosure, confession is always better than hiddenness. And, and, and listen, uh, can I say this? Paul's saying someone who is caught, someone who might be exposed, someone who has been hiding their sin in the dark, but by God's grace, it's come to light. And, and listen, although that exposure doesn't really feel like God's grace, the, the fallout and the devastation of that reality that sin can sometimes cause can feel too heavy to bear. Have you ever felt that? Maybe you're filling it. Have you ever uh, seen someone else exposed in their sin and it doesn't just hurt them? It blows up and it harms everyone as it comes to light. The word caught can also, though, be referred to someone who has stumbled. Mm. Someone who has stumbled. Mm -hmm. The implication here is not someone who Mm -hmm. loves sin. But someone who, in a moment or in a season of weakness, has fallen back into old habits, old behaviors, old temptations. And even though they hate their sin, they feel caught in its web. So Paul emphasizes this burden of sin. Are you ready? Because if Satan can keep you caught, he can crush your faith. That's right, That's right. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Chief. Have you guys seen the movie Get Out? Somebody like I'm not gonna say anything because I haven't seen it. <laughs> So this is a pretty famous scene from that movie. And if you haven't seen it, I'll do my best. I'm not gonna explain the movie. I'll just do my best to bring you up to speed with what in the world is that picture? Uh, This picture is the sunken place. So he's just about to be in the sunken place. He was hypnotized. And in this movie, uh, he's hypnotized and he's in this sunken place. And, and, And it's a place of frustration Because the young man is disconnected from his body. His consciousness is disconnected from his physical body, and he actually feels like he's floating away from the reality of his body. The victim's consciousness is separated from the control of their body, and it's torment, and it's torture. It's a a place of distance and disconnection and isolation. This text has its own version of this place that I'm calling the cot place. The cot place. Have you ever been there? Or maybe you're there right now. I know I have. The torment of being caught in sin. It's in the cot place where we feel disconnected from God. It's in the cot place where we're tempted to isolate from the church. It's in the cop place where it's hard to pray, hard to seek, hard to gather, hard to read the word. It's in the cop place where we feel most unlovable, most unredeemable, most unforgivable. It's in the cop place where we are tempted to walk away from Christ, to walk away from all that God has done. In all my years of ministry, this has been the number one killer of Christians. And it almost killed me. The longer someone sits under the crushing weight of the condemnation of the cop place, the more likely that weight will crush their soul. Yet, it is the church of Jesus Christ that is called to be weight lifters and burden bearers. While the burden of sin may be heavy the beautiful community is called to restore. While the burden of sin may be heavy, the beautiful community is called to restore. The call to restore. Listen, if Inspire Church, us, is going to become that beautiful community that God has led and died for us to become we're gonna have to answer three really simple questions when it comes to restoring those who have been caught in sin Mm. Mm. number one what is restore paul says restore those so what is restore number two who can restore and number three how to restore If we're going to be a community of weightlifters that are building up the body, bearing one another's burdens, we must be a community that applies restoration to those who are caught. Caught. So number one, what is restore? What is it? Some of you have worked on some kind of restoration project. I know, Marvin, you still have that Mustang from high school, right? My dad has a model A to restore. What does it mean to restore? To restore something means to bring something back to its glorious place, that that original place. To restore something is to bring it back to its previous glory. It means to repair. It means to rebuild. It means to revitalize, renew, rehabilitate, resurrect, when we restore someone caught in transgression, are you ready? It means to remind them who they are in Christ. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. yes, you may have stumbled in the flesh. Yes, you might have even been exposed. But I'm here to tell you that that old man has been crucified with Christ so that it is no longer you who lives, but Christ in you. Someone needs to hear this. In Christ, you have been given every spiritual blessing. In Christ, you were chosen before the foundations of the world. In Christ, you were predestined for adoption to himself as sons and daughters. In Christ, you've been redeemed by his blood, forgiven by his trespasses, and sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your spiritual inheritance. You might be caught in the flesh, but I'm here to remind you of who you are in Christ. Church, listen. Whenever we as a community engage in the process of restoring the fallen brother or sister, we are literally joining God in his cosmic mission to make all things new. I mean, isn't that what restore is? To make things new and isn't that what God that is the vocation of God on this earth since the beginning since the fall God has been doing with the scriptures is a story all God is doing to bring us back to that place of paradise and so when you act in restoration you imitate the God of creation making all things new new what is restore number two who can restore did you see that part where paul says you who are spiritual mm-hmm. if you're anything like me when you read that you're like okay there's some people that can't do it <laughs> right you, we began to make an elite class of christians like this swat team the cop team right <laughs> power ranger christianity right mama patty's on everyone's list I mean, we, when we read those who are spiritual, we read, okay, well, you know, this can only be done by, a, by the leaders, mm. Christian elite, mm. experienced and mature, yeah. but, but did you know there's actually a translation? I actually didn't know it. I was really going through this sermon and halfway through it, operating off of this, op, off of this assumption, and I went back and wanted to do a, just a Greek word study, and I realized, man, I was wrong. Wow. Like I, I was really close to preaching this message like that. You know what I realized? The better translation is, Paul says, those who are of the spirit. Wow. Okay. He doesn't, it's not those who are spiritual, because in our culture, it's like, okay, well, that must be these. people. He says, those who are of the spirit. Yes, God. Do you get it? Do you see what Paul's saying? The call to lift weights and bear burdens, to restore brothers and sisters. caught in sin is the call to the entire church. In fact, a church that depends on its leadership to do all of its burden bearing actually makes the burdens heavier. Do you know that? Do you know that a church that depends on its leadership to do all of the burden bearing actually makes the burdens heavier? And we always, we always look at pastors and judge them and leaders that judge them. Some fall into sin. Some divorce, walk away. Right? We see it, don't we? It's all over the place. We think how terrible. How could this person do this? How could their marriage crumble? And yes, it's evil. And yes, that pastor needs to repent. And yes, one day he's going to stand before the Lord and give an account because he had a higher position. But can I say this? Sometimes it's because everyone expected him to do all the work. Even the spiritual elite fall and fail. To be a burden bearer, you must be present. Did you know that? How can you bear someone's burden if you're not engaged or involved? So good. Yeah. It's so good. If you're a member of the church and church is a sometime thing for you, like how can you be what Paul wants you to be? In fact, you might be caught. Someone might need to sit with you and say, hey, I think you need to really be a greater part of the body. How can you be a burden bearer if you're not here? How can you be a bodybuilder without it costing you something? I mean, how, listen, how can you help lift someone else's load without first taking on some of that load yourself? I mean, isn't that the principle of weight distribution? Like we redistribute weight when something is too heavy, then someone comes and picks it up with me. And in doing so, we split the weight. Yeah, good. It's going good. Good. to cost you to be a bodybuilder, yeah. yeah. to be a weightlifter, You must be full of the spirit. And that's not a spiritual elite. That's someone who is by faith, put their trust in Christ, which means that you have been filled with his spirit. John Piper said it like this. Nobody is filled with the, nobody who is filled with the spirit can say when they see someone sinning, that's not my problem. I don't have, I don't have, I want to say it the way he said it. I don't have to burden myself with that mess. Mm, What a lie. Nobody who's filled with the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit and you're in the flesh, you can say that. But if you're filled with the Spirit and a brother or sister is caught, you cannot say, I don't want to deal with that mess. Are there boundaries? Absolutely. Right? We had a Pastor Edward come in the summer. And scoffers, right, after a a, a reproving and correcting, if someone doesn't want to take it, then you leave them alone. Listen, Inspire Church, we can't afford to miss this. Weight lifting and burden bearing is not for the spiritual elite, but for all whom the Holy Spirit has brought to faith in Jesus Christ. This is the beautiful community. That's what a beautiful community is. And so we go from who can restore to the final part in the section is how, how, how to restore. Uh, I love how Paul's call to restore those who have been caught in sin comes with an additional command. Did you catch that? He says, restore those who have been caught. And then he uses the word gently. Wow, Gently. I mean, aren't you great that the, aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit, all the sinners said, amen. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit didn't like uh, just make, you know, just accidentally sneak that word. He put that word there so that you would know those who are filled with a spirit. If you come across a brother or sister caught in sin, restore them, but do so how gently. Wow. What a word. Gentleness. I teach my son, it's one of our core values his son, I want you to be gentle, gentle. He actually is naturally gentle, yes. but I help him understand the meaning of gentleness. Do you know what gentleness means? It means you're strong, but you don't use your strength to hurt. Wow. It's not the absence of strength. It's actually restraint, and every time he re-wrestle, he feels that because he knows his dad is stronger than him, but he knows that I'm resisting Fathers, we should teach our sons to be gentle. Mm. Gentleness. Can I just say a couple of things? Number one, did you know gentleness is not passivity? Amen? Amen? It's not passivity. Paul's not calling the church to compromise the truth or be permissive with sin to turn the blind eye. In fact, a passive church is a church full of secrets and silence. Do you know that? Wow. Passive ministries is wow. ministries full of secrets and silence. A passive community sees things but doesn't say anything. Mm. <laughs> Friendships. I've been this, I've been this for a long time. This happens. Friendships, small groups that were supposed to edify one another become spiritually toxic. Mm. There's zero accountability. Wow. Mm. Everyone sees it. Nobody says it. Huh. A passive community. Are you ready? Enables habitual sin because. Are you watch this? They value loyalty over honesty. Right. right. That's good. Right. That's like a street code. We're not in the street. Right. Right. No. I know it's kind of cool, but that's not. That's the upside down keynote. Loyalty and honesty. No. no. You know what loyalty over honesty is. Don't tell anybody what's really going on. And if you do, you'll be what? You won't be loyal to me. Allow me to fall deep into my sin and, and stay in the cop place so the enemy can crush my soul. But don't tell anybody. Let's and let's let's move away from that. Don't tell anybody. Fine. Don't tell anybody. But don't even come to me and say anything to me. Right. Because we're not here to tell people. So let me rephrase that. As I'm saying that, let me rephrase that. Don't say nothing to me about it. Don't sit me down and confront me. You ever, someone ever give you that vibe? Yeah? I couldn't wait for everyone to say yeah, because I was reading a book that says 95% of people are not self-aware. So you would all laugh and say, yeah, but if I were to ask you, have you ever allowed someone to do that to you? You know? Yeah. (laughs) No. No. Right? But uh, the beautiful community is open to not only allowing people to approach gently, amen, but also open to allow someone to approach me gently and say, hey, there's a few things I love you and I want to say. Will you give me permission to speak? Amen? Amen? In a passive community... There are plenty of, there's plenty of talking going around, right? But it's not accountability, it's gossip. There are secrets going around, but it's not redemptive conversations for the sake of restoration, but secret sins and people talking about them that see it, but don't say it. They do say it, just not to the person. gentleness is not passivity i hope you guys understand that you know I, I i guess part of this is insecurity as a leader and i know it's going to happen because god's grace is sufficient but the enemy is in yeah. the weeds mm-hmm. right did you know that he allows the wheat and the tare to grow together yeah. the goat and the sheep that in churches there are going to be predators and people who are, did you know that that's that's actually going to happen And I guess my insecurity as a pastor is that, you know, I'm over here thinking everyone's great, but yet outside and in some of the leadership circles and some of the teams or whatnot, there's just sin. And the further I am away from it, the less I know. But if we were a community of weightlifters and bodybuilders, it would be dealt with gently. So let's talk about gently. Gentleness is not passivity. Gentleness, are you ready, is grace in action. Mm. I love that. Mm. Grace in action. Mm. Grace in action, grace, did you know, never ignores sin? Do you know that? Grace doesn't ignore sin. Grace never denies sin. Grace never permits sin. Instead, grace with patience, kindness, and humility gently pursues the restoration of sinners. We could say that gentleness is a beautiful combination of confronting and comforting. See that? We could say that gentleness with regards to the restoration of someone caught in sin is a beautiful combination of confronting and comforting. Like Christ, amen? Like Christ, weightlifters administer grace and truth beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, forgiveness over shame, and acceptance instead of rejection. Finally, number three, if you've been with me, it's the burden of sin, the call to restore, and the warning to watch. Paul gives a specific warning that I believe has two implications. Paul, you Paul says, restore a brother caught in sin, but he tells them basically to watch, lest you be tempted too. Right, right. You guys see that yeah. in the text? Yeah. So what is he saying? What are the implications of these warnings? Number one, as you engage someone in need of restoration, be careful that they don't influence you more than you influence them. Wow. Wow. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen well-meaning Christians intending to pull someone back to God. Actually, they themselves get pulled further away from God. I'm not making that up. And all of a sudden, because they were not watchful, they're now walking in the same compromise, the same complacency, the same discouragement, and the same doubt. And with social media, I get to see it even more. Right, it's like what happened to so and so. Like I thought they were on a mission to pull their brother or sister back, but all of a sudden, that so and so that went on this mission maybe wasn't watchful, wasn't careful, wasn't aware, didn't think, and on this mission they somehow became influenced by the other, wow. and as a result, instead of one being astray, now there are two. So Paul calls us to bear burdens, but he calls us to do so carefully and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? You ready for this? Because the same tempter who has crushed your brother or sister also wants to crush you. Feel that? Some of you feel that, yeah? Some of you are in a relationship right now where (laughs) you thought you were going to be a positive influence. Right, right. Just remember, like as you walk into it, that the, the same tempter that has a scheme and a plan to destroy your brother and sister has a scheme and a plan and a weapon formed against you. And so, yes, you are empowered by the Spirit to walk into the ministry of restoration, but do so carefully in prayer, accountability with other brothers and sisters to pray with you. Pastor Sherry and I, once a month, we have a phone conversation and we just dialogue through the burdens that we carry. We pray together. Yeah, beautiful. Carefully. Carefully. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Don't be arrogant or ignorant. Those are the two words there. Ignorant would be someone who just kind of not, doesn't know. Going into this And then, bam, they're totally blindsided. Or arrogant, someone says, oh, I can do this. This leads me to number two. Watchful implications of that. You guys are doing great. As someone called to restore sinners, never forget that you, gosh, this is so good. (laughs) I'm blessed. I'm about to pray for myself, lay hands, fall out, all that stuff on myself. I'm just reading it now. I said, man, you wrote that? That was good, man. That was the Lord, but I just, you know, gosh, feeling myself here. I'm about to say it now. You're like, really? (laughs) But can I just, as someone called to restore sinners, here it is, never forget that you are not above falling into that same sin. Oof. Never forget. Never forget. Never forget. You're one drink away. Never forget. One click away. You hear me? Yeah. Yeah, never walk into a space and say, well, that's them. That ain't me. <laughs> ne- you who are spiritual, oh you elite, never forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Never be the, 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 the publican in the center praying and the sinner says, God, I am a sinner. Mm-hmm. I am a sinner. And the publican says, God, thank you so much that I'm not like him. Never forget. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Because when you walk into that with that understanding, yeah. this will keep you from becoming cynical, yes. impatient, Jesus. graceless, legalistic, yes. cold, lacking in love. Some of y'all restore, but you're really rude, mm-hmm. you're really mean. You're really religious. Some of y'all swat a fly on someone's head with a hammer. (laughs) Read that in a book somewhere. You see, listen, when you know that you can fall just the same, you'll be more prayerful and careful as well as more loving and gentle. Does that make sense? When you know... That you can fall just the same. You'll be more prayerful and careful, right? That's the watching component. And you'll be more loving and gentle. That's the restoration components. I want to finish here. Paul said really the goal, right? The goal of it all. The goal of it all is to fulfill the law of Christ. Didn't he say that? Like these two verses, the goal is to fulfill the law of Christ. And the question is, well, how? By what? Bearing one another's burdens. Amen? That's the goal. You know, it's really fascinating to me. If you read the book of Galatians, it's all about the law. Like Paul in the very beginning is like, who bewitched you? Like Paul is saying, you know, you are no longer under the law. Like Paul is going out of his way in the book of Galatians to tell the church in Galatia not to be bound by the physical law. That somebody has come into the church of Galatia and has told them, yes, you're saved by Christ, but also you need to get circumcised. Like someone is adding a work and the Galatians are walking around thinking that they earn their salvation. And so Paul is doing his best to let them know you are saved by grace. You're saved by grace, grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone. Yet here he says the law of Christ. Wow. Wow. Why? Why? I'm going to show you guys something. Some of y'all might remember it. Y'all, any of you, you churchy people who've been raised in church and around church for a while, you might have seen this. Y'all remember this, uh, this logo up here? Y'all remember that? Yeah. Yeah, man. When I was a kid, so I, from like, I don't know, maybe eight to 12, that was cool. And then from, like, high school on, it was like, I don't know what we got. That was just the cheesiest thing in the world. No? Anybody? Okay, that's just me. All right. For, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. It's the Lord's Gym, y'all. The Lord's Gym. The Lord's Gym. Amazing. It had T-shirts, sweaters. These guys coming in doing these, like, incredible Hulk, you know. Like, hey, I'm going to, you know, bend a bar on my forehead or whatever. You know, Jesus. <laughs> y'all remember that? You remember, some of you, some of you, I never, ugh, bless you. The Lord, see, the Lord, the Lord saved you right on time. Um, <laughs> but you know, you eat, you know, I gotta eat crow a little bit here. <laughs> because, you know, for me, I'm sure somebody drew that. and It's fantastic drawing, don't get me wrong. But um, the truth behind the logo is undeniably powerful. A- and what I mean by that, it captures... Jesus Christ is the ultimate weightlifter in that Jesus Christ bears the burden of sin. Y'all see that? Yeah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Peter said he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed on the cross Jesus bore our sins, cried our tears, carried our weakness, shouldered our disease. Every burden, including the burden of being caught in sin, was nailed to the cross in Christ. He carried the burden of the wrath of God against humanity upon himself. He was alienated. God turned his back from him. He carried the burden of isolation on the cross. And it's because he bared yours... We can bear one another's burdens in Christ. What does all this mean? I'm gonna finish with this and then we're gonna respond when a time is singing and then I'm gonna come up and pray. The call to be weightlifters and bodybuilders in the church simply means don't let your brothers and sisters get crushed. When you see them overwhelmed in their burdens, especially the burden of sin, help them gently build the body up by imitating Christ and therefore fulfilling the law of Christ, which is love. It's love. It's love. It's love. love. And as we get ready to respond, there might be one or two types of people in here. Number one is you might have a burden and the burden might be the burden of sin. It might be caught. Secondly, there might be a few people in here that you're feeling convicted because you are waiting for someone else to do the weightlifting in this church. And you have not. And it's time because in this room, it's packed. The seats may not be filled, but wall to wall, there are burdens everywhere. And the beautiful community is a community of weightlifters and burden bearers that look just like Jesus.